Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. We are back. And yes, Brad has made it to week three, show three. I appreciate stamina. Uh, I, I appreciate you very much because uh, I think we've said it before. Is uh, we we've had so much fun doing this, and now I'm kind of addicted. I'm like, you know, I do a couple different podcasts, and I'm like, man, when are we going to do the Giants one? It's it's been such a blast so far. Well, you you know how much I hate talking baseball, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I could do this every day. Honestly, I really. Could. I know that that would be amazing. A daily Giants podcast. <laughs> People would probably I, get pretty sick of. I don't stuff. think they want that. <laughs> okay, so. Um, for our uh, our third show together, a uh, couple of things. We're going to talk about the giveaway that we're going to attempt to do for the Out of the Park Baseball uh, Steam Codes. We have two of them, and I've created a little bit of a giveaway fun kind of thing on, on Instagram and Twitter. We'll talk about that. We'll go over the whole week, uh, the week that is about to come with the Giants. As we record this, they're about to... Uh, kickoff in Houston, first pitch probably in about an hour or so as of this recording, um, and then uh, they, and then you know then they play the A's, who might be the best team in baseball right now, <laughs> rolling right through everybody. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to talk about our uh, greatest Giants teams of all time uh, tournament that we're doing through out of the park baseball. Brad has gone through the first matchup, the sixteen. 16- Versus one matchup, our 16 team is the 2001 San Francisco Giants featuring a Barry Bonds who hit 73 home runs during that season. And Aurelia hit like 37 jacks, I believe. It was uh, 2001 was a, a very offensive year, to say the least. And, and really, I looked at some of those stats and I think Russ Ortiz had a pretty darn good season. But even Schmidt was just kind of okay. Uh, he didn't have uh, a season uh, that he would have in years to come, and even Nen Nen wasn't wasn't great in that season either. So no, and Schmidt um, that was his first year with the Giants. He was a trade deadline guy uh, in two thousand one. So so and then the two thousand twelve team, sort of the 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 flip of that, which is pitching was excellent and the hitting was okay. You know, nothing fantastic. Buster Posey had a pretty great season, but I think uh, they had two guys who hit hit 20 home runs each and everyone else was sort of in the, you know, the teens or less than the teens. That was, and that was the, that was the difference of the eras. You've got the 2001, the early 2000s where, you know, some, some substances were still okay in the game. Medicine. Nobody really cared. Guys much. taking their medicine. Yeah. A little medicinal. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got 2012 where it was knocked out. And before this new, juiced baseball era, whatever we're going through right now where, you know, little guys can jack two home runs a game. Uh, so that's where you're going to have the difference in that matchup. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll get to that at the end and we're going to do this, uh, for all of the upcoming weeks until we declare the greatest giants team, San Francisco giants team of all time. So two out of the park baseball 21, right? Which is Excellent. It's an it's an excellent way to determine this. Uh, I actually, you know what I saw when there was no baseball, 
there was uh, a couple of sports writers like using out of the park to kind of predict certain things about the season. So, you know, I saw a lot of people actually turning to the game and that, that's that shows a lot of um, faith that people have in, in the simulation. So that's I thought that was pretty cool. Stupid addicting. I'll tell yeah. you that. Okay, so before we get started, let's kick it off like we've kicked off the other two podcasts, which is drinks. Yes. What are you drinking? I went with <clears throat> the old reliable today. I uh, I didn't know what to do. The, the kids are off uh, on their way to grandma and grandpa's. So, you know, I could open it up a little bit. And I was like, well, do I go with a nice big stout? What do I do? So I decided to stick with the bourbon. I went with the old reliable Wild Turkey 101. Mm. If you haven't tried that Give that a shot. It is meaty. I'm going to write it down. Um, oh, very tasty. 50.5%. It's a 101, obviously, in the name. Uh, it's a high rye. If you like the spiciness and the bite of the rye, this one is for you. It's got a little heat to it on the first sip. And then after that, it is uh, smooth as wild turkey can be. It's little, one of my little, favorites. Little Birdie sent me a gift card to Total Wine, Ooh. so I'll I'll be able to, Excellent. You'll to, try, have to that. try that out. It's a the price point on this bad boy for this bottle, 18 bucks. Oh wow. <laughs> nice. So uh, I'll tell you what I'm drinking. Um so similarly, I have a little bit of rye, shot and a half of rye whiskey. And I'm not one for cocktails. I just like to drink things straight because, yes. you know, especially for the carbon take as we get a little bit older. Uh, <laughs> but bourbon's a way to go. If Bur- you're looking yeah. at carbon or carb intake, that's the way to go. For sure. So I uh, had a, about a shot and a half of Templeton rye. Oh, nice. And big, you know, a big uh, spherical ice cube. Uh, so the, the rye whiskey and then about a half of a shot of lemon juice and just sprinkled like maybe two tablespoons of red wine on top, which actually gives it a a pretty nice color. But I was, um, you know, on Facebook, Facebook basically knows everything about you, what you're searching and what you like, like just uh, you search in your Facebook newsfeed and you see the last seven things you searched in Google. I feel like they're in my house half the time. Exactly. So. I was, uh, this was very soon after I subscribed to this um, bourbon or whiskey uh, subscription service called Flaviar or Flaviar or whatever it's called. And all of a sudden I started getting all of these bourbon drink things in Facebook. And, you know, for the most part, like I said, I just like drinking things straight. But the red wine hint, because it's not really, a, there's like, it's very little red wine. But sometimes, especially during the summer, you know, I think you talked about this in, in one of the two shows that we did, which is you in the summer, you like to put a little bit of ice in it to because it just kind of freshens it up a little bit. Yes. And the 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 lemon juice and the little drop of red wine makes it a little bit more summery because yeah. bourbon bourbon can be a little heated, you know, when you're drinking it. So it does make it a little bit summery. So, uh, you know, because my wife does drink a lot of red wine, it is very much around. And so it's like, oh, let, let's try this. And I, and I enjoy it. I don't know why the rye versus an, another uh, type of uh, bourbon, but they that's the one that they that they said. So I, I've, I've every once in a while, I'll just uh, put this together. And Does that have drink. a name? I don't I forgot the name. It was <laughs> it was like some made up drink and, you know, some website gave it a name. I don't exactly remember what it was, but uh, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, most of the time, like you, I'll drink it straight. But for a few 
occasions, especially like if it's during the day, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw this together and it's pretty refreshing. Nice. Hey, that sounds good. I'm, I'm going to have to try that. I was thinking about after this tonight, you know, again, it's still kind of early where we're at. So I might, uh, go ahead and make myself an old fashioned, sit on mm. the porch and watch the, uh, thunderstorm roll in as long as it doesn't get me. Uh Oh, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming over the mountains, over the Sierras. Okay, so let's quickly talk about our giveaway. Thanks to the great people at Out of the Park Baseball. We have two Steam codes, and Steam is the vehicle in which you can download the game to your computer. Uh, So what we're going to do is we have our Twitter account, at Thompson2, the number two, Clark. And our Instagram account is, is the same, at Thompson, the number two, and Clark. So you can put your name in in one of two ways. One way would be to tweet out or retweet the uh, post that will be up by the time this uh, podcast is up, which basically gives the instructions on how to join the giveaway. Or we will have a similar post in our Instagram feed by the time you listen to this, which has similar, which will have similar instructions. And instead of, you know, the retweet, there's not a retweet option on Instagram. Instead, just put it in your Instagram story. We will, we will get, um, we, we will see that in, in our direct messages when you do that. So either of those two ways is just the way to get into the giveaway. And I, we'll put it up for a week. And on our next show, we will announce the winners of the contest. So if you do actually win, you know, we'll have to sort of figure out how to get into your uh, DMs, as they say. <laughs> Slide into the DMs. Is that <laughs> to, how it works? Yeah, to, to get you, you your codes. But so that's what we're going to do. So we'll have it open for a week. And, you know, we're still pretty small. Our social medias are still pretty small, too. So if you do join, you probably have a pretty, pretty decent chance. It's not like there will be, you know, thousands of of people uh, trying to get these codes because we're still small and we're using this to kind of build our social media. And, you know, just again, thanks to the great people at over or out of the park baseball. They've, they, that was awesome for them to, to donate these, these two codes and allow us to give them away to folks who follow us or listen to us. No, it was super kind. And, and I think, like Garrett said, you're gonna get a, you're gonna have a pretty good chance right now of of winning one of these codes, and then we're gonna lose you because you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be in this game twenty four seven. I like we talked about last time. I'm still, I've got the new twenty one, and I haven't started a season yet because I know that once I do, that's kind of it. I'm, I'm gonna be in that game. On the PlayStation 4 right now, I went ahead and fired up and, and rode to the show and MLB the show. I went ahead and fired up my Kenny Powers uh, pitcher. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Eastbound and Down, the Kenny Powers character, I always make one of him every few years to take him as far as I can take him. So, I, so I'm working on that, and I'm afraid that as soon as I, I punch into uh, out of the park, that's kind of it for Kenny Powers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some baseball. Um, in our last podcast, we said if the Giants come, if the Giants are, are done with the weekend and have a close to similar record as they did going into the weekend, at a meaning 500, that would be a success because they had to go and pl- go into Colorado, which is historically just the, one of the worst places on earth for the Giants. Yeah. And then go into L.A. where they opened up the season. 
And they came back from those seven games, two and five. So not a successful trip. Uh, but I felt like, especially in the Colorado series um, and, and that last game with the Dodgers, like there were a couple games that, you know, they had a good chance to win. We could have very well been three and four or even four and three rather than two and five. And that's just, you know, that's the difference between success and, and failure, which I think, you know, after that Dodgers game, the last Dodgers game, we probably felt a little bit of like, ah, like this is a failure of a trip, you know, a failure of a seven game series. Well, that Colorado series, it it's like every other Colorado series that the Giants go into. They're always in the game. You know, the first five, six innings or so, they're always right there. You know that big inning's coming. I know Kruko talked about that. That big inning's always going to be there. Um, so you just kind of have to, your, your pitchers have to know that. That, hey, at any point, this thing's just going to go to hell. And for either side. But you always feel like, if you're the team that got bit, you've got a chance to then climb back into it as long as you've got, you know, in Colorado, two innings. Right. If you've got six outs to play with, you have a good chance. You could score five runs. I mean, it can happen. But so that's kind of how this series went. They, they lost uh, two out of three. And it's just one of those things that you kind of take and say, well, it was Colorado. When they come to us, we seem to play them a little bit better. Um in AT&T slash Oracle slash PacBell slash all that. So the thing about Colorado where, you know, they, I think, are a much better team than folks had anticipated. I think they, yeah, they have one of the best records in, in all of uh, baseball right now in our short season. So, you know, I think they're I think they're a better team than anticipated. But, uh, you know, still, I felt that that the Giants could have at least come away two to two in those four games. Right. But the one that's going to be uh, sorry, four games, I said. Three. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the but the one, you know, that I think most people feel is the one that got away is uh, yesterday, Sunday's game where, you know, they they were not hitting the ball. I think um uh, Walker Bueller, he, he'd only given up maybe one or two hits all game long, but they had a two zero lead. Gossman was, he was dynamite six and a third, two hit baseball, six strikeouts. I think he hit 99 on the gun a couple different times. And as has been the theme so far with this team, because Bruce Bochy cast such a large shadow is that Gabe Kapler is. I had, to, I, had Kapler? To, I had to double check. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> Kapler. Dramatic pause. Yes. Uh, you know, I think Giants fans are rightfully so going to be pretty hard on his decisions, especially hard on anybody after Bochi. Right around, especially around the bullpen, right? Because that was Bochi's. Like, uh, you know, he he had the great gut instinct with, he was with the, the bullpen. King of the bullpen. So I, I fully expected. Uh, him to take a lot of abuse. And uh, it's interesting because I think most Giants fans know that this is a season in which we are not supposed to be very good. We're supposed to, you know, kind of, if we can get close to 500, that's a, uh, that's a good season. But when you play the games, especially against the Dodgers, and you're so close, like those ones hurt just as much as they hurt when the team is good. Right. And I think when you look at yesterday <clears throat> being Sunday, the last game of the Dodgers series, and you look at the last game of the Rockies series, unfortunately, they mirrored each other. You've got, you've got a lead late in the game, 
and then the bullpen coughs it up. And 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 yesterday Sunday, again, I'm not the manager. Gossman was very political about it when when he said, you know, he gets paid to make the decisions. I get paid to, to go out there and pitch. I felt like I had something left in the tank. I think he just left it at that, which was very very political, very even. And I like that. I like that about the guy. Um, you know, I, if it was me on the mound, I would have said, why are you taking me out? I've got plenty left. Leave me in here. This is my game. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of guys that would do that too. Um, you know, it's been kicked around that, that Gossman is just kind of tooling around the 80 pitch mark because he's going to be a trade piece at the trade deadline, which is mm-hmm. coming up in 21 days as we speak. So that's another theory that's out there, um, you know, going deep into our, our, um, farm system, we have now one of the best farm systems in the majors. Um, this team is supposed to be, you know, uh, Kapler was hired and Zaidi was hired to have a competitive team now, but to win in the future. Mm-hmm. This is competitive. It's not a winning club at the moment. It probably could be had they pulled some more strings and if they were firing to win every single game, I hate to say it, but, but this is a competitive team, um, not built to win at the moment from the top, if that makes sense. And I think we have to look at some of this stuff and, you know, a lot of people are going to pick and choose the things to, to, to either, be negative about or, or, you know, and, and sometimes we're not always the most positive because we know what it's like to win World Series is now. <laughs> yeah. But like, we're a little spoiled. The fact that baby Yaz, like Yastrzemski is really like, I think a lot of people thought, okay, you know, he's going to, there's going to be a little bit of a regression to the means with him. And it's still only 17 games, but he looks, he, he, the, even the way he carries himself. He definitely looks like he belongs in this league. And hopefully, you know, with the Giants, when they do get good, like you said, hopefully he will still be around because I feel like he is somebody who has proven himself on this team and he's someone you can easily get behind. I could totally see him in three years, you know, being one of the biggest fan favorites in the club. Well, he's that calm, cool force that you like. You know, he's not the he's not the Will Clark who's screaming at everybody and <laughs> firing everybody up, but he's the he's the cool, calm force that's out there and swinging a nice left-handed stick. Um, you got him. You got Solano. And again, it, and and I think that's the part where just kind of everybody's baffled with yesterday. I know Twitter was blown up. Everybody was extremely angry after the the three run home run by. Um, Tyler Rogers, uh, given up by Tyler Rogers. So I know, I know everybody was fired up about that. And again, for me, it's like, well, well, what am I looking at? Am I looking at a team that's going to put everything out there to try to win now? And, and, and in my head, I think, why not just, I mean, he's firing on all cylinders. He's throwing 99. He's only thrown 80 pitches. Let him go. Yeah. Loosen that rein and let him go. But again, I'm not the one who's in charge of, his health, his arm, his uh, his trade stature with tw- with with three weeks left to go before the trade deadline. Sure, and you know he was uh, he, he. They don't have control on. He's going to be a free agent after the year's over. So, you know, you don't even know if he does have a great season. You know, you don't know what that looks like uh, in in bringing him back. So, it does make a lot of sense to prop him out there. 
and to be safe with him because he could be someone who is uh, is is a, is a nice little piece to a good team, and you know they're trying to separate. And you know the other thing about this, and I'm interested to see how this works, is because so many teams make the playoffs. Are these teams going to really believe that they have a chance? Because if out of you know out of the twenty, what is it? How many teams are, are going to make the playoffs? There's going to be sixteen teams, eight 16. in each um, league. So, so, so <clears throat> out of the out of those sixteen, that should mean more opportunity. And in this crazy season, maybe some teams are going to actually believe in the op- in the chance that they can win. You know the World Series if this season uh, continues to play out, and you could see that if, if they if they believe that teams are going to be you know thinking that they could win, you know then he becomes maybe a little bit more of an attractive piece than uh, than he currently is. But I thought I thought he was great. He he's fun to root for. Uh, I thought Baggerly uh, Andrew Baggerly had a great comparison. He looked a little bit Jason Schmitty there. <laughs> he did. I was like, wow. You know, when have we seen? You know, obviously Lincecum. Um, when Lincecum was at his peak, uh, you know, he was humming it up there. Uh, Bumgarner, when he first came up, you know, he was putting it in the 97 range, but Schmidt was, was one, he was, he was, you know, throwing 96, 97, uh, as a starter. So, and, you know, he was kind of the guy that was kind of the, the big horse. And, and so Gossman did look a little bit like him. Well, and then if you've got that dirty slider to follow it up too, you can throw 97, 98, 99, and then guys got to be looking for that slider too. So everything was just humming yesterday and it really has been all season long. I mean, you, you look though, and he's had, you know, four outings and only thrown 20 pitches. One of them, I mean, granted his first one was a, was a relief appearance, but still that's an average of five innings per appearance. Um, it's just, it's tough to watch as a Giants fan because then you say, well, why can't that be us mm-hmm. as one of the 16 teams in the playoffs? Why can't we hang on to him uh, like we did Bumgarner last year? Well, Bumgarner wasn't much of a trade piece last year. Um, Gossman could very well be. And then the other factor too, I was thinking about yesterday watching the games and watching the uh, the, the plastic people in the stands if you make the playoffs, you're not making more money from right. fans in the stands. Right. So this year is kind of one of those, are the Giants going to use this to just build that farm system more? And I don't blame them for doing that, really, because you're not putting fans in the stands right now. So, And that that's not a factor. So you, you mentioned the name Bumgarner. Mm. Have you seen him pitch? I, I wrote up a bunch of stuff to talk about Bumgarner today. And... I know this is a, a Giants podcast, but you know what? He's one of the most famous Giants of all time. Oh, yeah. He's the, one of the most He's an icon. beloved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for guys like you and I who grew up after Willie Mays, Bumgarner's on that Giants Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah. You know, when you talk about in sports, you see that on Twitter all the time. Who's... Who's on your Giants Mount Rushmore? You've got to have Bumgarner up there. He's 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 going to be one of your first picks. Um, he's on the disabled list now, or the the injured list. Injured list. Call it. Yeah. Yes. Nine point three five ERA and seventeen and a third innings pitched. Seven home runs given up. Um, you know, an article I read today. Uh, the Giants they weren't really in the bidding war for him in the off season. And, and they're saying, you know, now 
maybe that's why. Maybe they just, you know, you, you've got an analytics team now, a Giants team that doesn't go off of field. There's no rags. There's no bochi. Um, Wotus is still there, but you're still going, you're not going off of field anymore. You're going off of the analytics. I mean, did they have a conversation with Bumgarner? And he said, I, when you say spin rate, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so there's a possibility that happened. And, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. uh, you go ahead and find another team because this is what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a hometown guy. He's an emotional guy. He's maybe just not in his comfort zone right now. He's in a completely different ballpark, completely different team, completely different clubhouse. Um, and he's got some adjusting to do. I mean, obviously he's got some back issues right now, but you know, of course we want to see the, the guy succeed. I told everybody in the off season, I want to see him go. Oh, and 21 with a <laughs> 1.05 ERA. That's what I want to see. The, uh, I, I posted in our Facebook group, our Thompson to Clark Facebook group. When the season started, he was obviously there. I think he was their opening day guy. And I thought he looked heavy. Um, you know, he's a big guy, so, you know, it could have been the way his jersey was fitting on him or whatever, but I, wa- I watched it and I was like, he looks like he's like, you know, maybe 10 or 15 pounds heavier than when he was at his best with the Giants. So are, you, and, are you saying the Diamondbacks jerseys make you look fat? <laughs> Is that maybe. what you're saying? Well, I'm, I'm you hear, trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Diamondbacks fans? <laughs> I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because I mean, he was quarantining like the rest of us, right? So yeah. it's it's understandable if he did come in a little bit heavy, but Some southern cooking, you know. The but the other thing is that is he is uh, I don't know how old he is, but you know he is not a young guy as far as you know baseball young anymore. So as you get older, obviously we know. The way that your your body reacts to stuff, it just it just uh, it, it's it's not as forgi- forgiving when you you know maybe when your diet or or whatever is not on 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 yeah. tap. And who knows who knows what he was able to do with his regular routine as far as you know getting in shape. That's true, and he just turned thirty one uh, about nine days ago. But uh, I totally hear what you're saying because I'm um, a little bit older than him, and. I feel it. I mean, there's there's that thing. I'm not a professional athlete, but again, you know, some would argue our pitchers professional athletes. <laughs> I I say they are because I mean the work these guys put in is pretty ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They put in a lot of work to maintain. I mean, you've got to you've got to have a strong core. You've got to have a strong body to be able to throw from the same arm slot. Pitchers do a same lot position. of running too. Oh man, just a ton of running in between. So these guys are athletes, but you know they're also human. So you have a weird baseball season like we just had, a weird baseball off season that we just had. Everything's thrown off. How how much does uh, Bartolo Colon weigh at this mm, point? I. <laughs> he, he's a couple of bumgarners. <laughs> he's, he's two bumgarners. How about that? So, you know, you mentioned the spin rate thing, and it kind of made me smile because, you know, one of the things about uh, Smarja is they were saying how, uh, you know, he, he had increased the spin rate or, or, or whatever. And I watch that guy pitch right now, and he looks like the right-handed version of Bumgarner. Like he is struggling too, and look, this guy. Now you, you want to talk about athlete? This guy is a legitimate athlete. Oh yeah, wide receiver from Notre Dame, 
and he's able to be, uh, you know, a baseball, uh, you know, really good pitcher. But, you know, he is also a, a getting a little bit older, and I, I watch him out there, and I feel sort of bad because it's just like Bumgarner on the other end, but he's right-handed. Everything he throws is flying out of the park, and it's it's got to be so frustrating for these guys to, you know, I, I feel like pitchers a little bit more than hitters probably are a little psycho when it comes to their preparation and how they get ready for the season and having that taken away from them, you know, especially when you're, when you're a smarja and you're, you're trying to recoup, you know, what's left of your career. He's got to be so frustrated with what's happened so far. Well, I think, I think you look at it too, in two different ways. You look at it, you've got your young guys who are used to the analytics, who are used to all that stuff. Um, their off season routine might be snapping a towel you know, I saw a couple of Instagram posts by some pictures snapping a towel at the mm-hmm, camera. Mm-hmm. That's their routine. Well, a guy like Samarja, I don't think he's 35. I don't think that's his routine. I think his routine is getting up to a certain number of pitches in a live bullpen, um, you know, just like they've done it for years and years and years. So I think you're going to have the older guys. I'd love to see that. I'd love to go look around at some more stats and a little bit deeper. And maybe I'll do that. And then for the next podcast, we can talk about some old, especially with the Giants, some of the older guys, the vets versus the younger guys, because the Giants are using analytics now, spin rates and everything else. Uh, and then we can kind of see, well, maybe that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, we could probably go into some of the vets on the offensive side, <laughs> like Pence, I don't think there's Sandoval, much to go into. <laughs> and Crawford and Belt all hitting under <sighs> 200 and Pence losing the fly ball, uh, almost lost the game for Cueto, but we, we can save that. Cause I wanted to see, you know, as, as this season goes on, there's a lot of, uh, bullseyes on, on those guys because you know, they they were, they were so helpful for the World Series teams, but they were also signed more as a thank you than as a, an investment. And so I think there, there are going to be a lot of uh, fans who look at those guys and say, ah, oh, you know, this is Matt Cain all over again or whatever. Right. And so uh, the, the, that conversation will be here in the next couple shows that we do. But just kind of wanted to mention it because on the offensive side, like that, it looks really bad for these vets right now. Well, the, the and just to throw it out there, the highest vet on the World Series teams batting average, uh, Pablo Sandoval right now, 184. Yeah, it's rough. With 16 games. He's mainly at DH right now, but, you know, and again, they're in Houston. Um, they're going to Oakland. The ball does fly in Oakland during the day. Um, so they are going to have, let's see, they're going to have a 645 game on Friday in Oakland, a 407 on Saturday and then a 105. On is that Saturday. in Oakland or is that in San Francisco? Oh, I'm sorry, in San Francisco. My bad. My bad. Pretend like I didn't say that. <laughs> well, in, the, it's. It, I was looking at the schedule and yeah. the, the MLB schedule, it has the home games in black and ah. the road games in gray, so, or gray or white. Actually, I can't even tell like what, like what they're doing. Maybe the, the home games that they already played are in white. So yeah, there's like some weird yeah. color. No, I appreciate you trying to save me, but I just blew that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll own up to it. I got it. <laughs> All right. Um, so like we said, the giants play next in Houston uh, as they are about to play tonight. 
But Houston themselves, uh, I don't know if it's the baseball karma gods or whatever. Um, talk about someone who isn't hitting well. Uh, Al- Jose Altuve, he needs the buzzer something fierce right now. He's hitting a swift uh, 182. Um, but the Giants have three in Houston and then three against Oakland. I, I mean, I feel like the Giants should be competitive in this Houston series because Houston is struggling and Giants are just peppery enough to possibly win uh, win two games here. I'm not not that's not my prediction, but I hope they take advantage of Houston being. I mean, they just got swept by the A's, so I, I hope they are competitive here because I think you know if they if they do win two, they're kind of back close to 500. Heading into the playing the A's, maybe maybe not the best way, but you got to get ahead of the schedule a little bit because it's it's so tough, and I, f- I feel like they can steal a couple games here. I you know what I'm I'm actually. I'm going to say it. I'm looking at this series as a sweep for the Giants. Wow. I think uh, I think the last, the final games of the Colorado series and the Dodgers series was a little bit of a kick in the pants to Kapler. I think they realize now, hey, we've got a team here. We can compete. We're going to push this a little bit. Um, so... Uh, Contradictory to, to what I said earlier, but that's my feel at this point. I wouldn't be surprised to see it at this point. Uh, I'm going to give a quick plug to a good Twitter follow. Uh, if you also hate the Astros <laughs> for what they've done to baseball, a good Twitter follow is at asterisk tour, T-O-U-R, at asterisk tour, the 2020 Astros shame tour. Oh, wow. Um, they love to retweet, post anything having to do with the Houston Astros fails going forward. So it's a lot of fun. It's a good follow. What did you think of uh, Loriano going after Cintron last night? I loved it. <laughs> so <laughs> I hate to you're not supposed to see that right now. You're not supposed to enjoy that right now. It's not yeah. supposed to be happening right now. But damn it, that was fun. So from what I understand, and you may have read even more than me, so you can you can add to this, but Cintron made some sort of derogatory remark about Loriano's mother. We're still doing Yo Mama jokes in uh, two, <laughs> 2020. So, because, oh, you know, all of a sudden you see Loriano, he obviously he, had, he, he got hit uh, a couple times in the game. Yeah, three and, times. Three times. One time on... Um, what was it, Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. twice on, on Sunday yesterday. And so he gets the first, and you just see him shout, and then bam, he's just a beeline and you know, running past our good friend Mike Aldretti, who's coaching first base for the Giants. Aldretti, not as swift as he once was because oh, he kind of no. got there a little bit late. I think he, he wanted to see something. I don't think he cared too much to stop Laureano. I, I think at that point he was like, hey, go get him. Yeah, but the, the I mean, the if you want to call it cowardice, whatever, if Cintron started it, you know, he shouldn't be hiding behind two of his own players as Loriano's coming after him. What's up with that? No. And that's another good follow. <laughs> I'm throwing out a bunch of Twitter follows today, <laughs> uh, but these are fun. If you're a baseball fan and you like it, don't go out and follow John boy at John boy, Joe, J O M B O Y uh, underscore. 
This guy is a fantastic follow, lots of fun. He breaks down this, uh, he likes to break down any kind of weird stuff that happens, does a little voiceover on it, reads lips, uh, puts a little a little fun to it. But he breaks down the whole weekend leading up to this. Um, but, the, but the great part about it is Loriano today, they, they interviewed him, and, and, and again, this is Monday, the day after, he says, I regret charging him because he's a loser, <laughs> saying about Sinch. So, you know, he, he, he doesn't really regret charging him, but that's fine. And then they put a nice big wall around Citron as, yeah, as yeah. you know, as Lariano was coming after him. So it was just kind of a little bit of posturing, but you know, I don't know. It's fun. I like to see it. Not during this time. It's probably not the best thing to see, but whatever. So, yeah. So I was wondering about Citron's uh, career and, you know, he had a, he had a, Halfway decent MLB career, uh, finished with a 275 batting average and uh, 33 jacks in about mm. nine years. It looks like what what years were these? So 2001 through 2005, he was on the Diamondbacks. Yeah, then he so played. We won't count those. Yeah. So then, <laughs> then he played on the White Sox 0607, Baltimore 08, and then the Nats in 09, and that was his career. So. Oh, oh! So he got to the White Sox a uh, year after their World Series. Okay. Yep. So I don't think he has a well. No, two thousand. You said two thousand one Diamondbacks. Yes. So he he Ooh. played eight games. Oh, so he on that team. So I don't know if he was on that postseason roster. Yeah, I, I doubt it. All right. So um, one other thing before we talk about our two thousand and twelve versus two thousand and one all time series here uh in in our bracket what did you think about uh zach plesak violating the health and safety protocols and getting sent home to quarantine and and test it's like these guys have such a bullseye you know there's so much uh there's there's cameras everywhere there's you know there's just baseball is under so much right now because of their decisions in in both in restarting this or in starting the season but also in the way that they've done it without the bubble, the players didn't want to do the bubble or maybe they didn't trust the MLB. But, you know, these guys got to know that any mistake that they make is just going to shed you know, so much negativity on this whole process. So Zach Plesak, you know, is hanging out with his boys at the bar or whatever it was, and they figure it out and they send him home. And, you know, he looks like a he looks like a big dummy. I don't understand what the deal is here. No, I think you nailed nailed it on the head. A uh, big dummy, and you know what? I'm, I'm just thankful. And and also today, um, again as we speak, Monday, Mike Clevenger uh, apparently went out with Zach Plesac in Chicago oh, geez. on Saturday night, and so he is now quarantined. And you're talking about your second best pitcher on the team behind, um, you know, Justin Shane Bieber. So. You've got a couple of guys. I'm just thankful right now that neither one of them has tested positive. That's good to hear because then hopefully if that continues to be the case, that they're all negative throughout this whole process, all the other guys can breathe easy. Yeah, because here you absolutely. are sitting and you're, you're putting your trust in everybody else around you to say, hey, we can do this. We can have a baseball season. I trust you to not screw up. Uh, looking to my left, I trust you not to screw up either. And so, you know, around the clubhouse, that's what they're hoping. And then you get 
two guys now in your clubhouse and you're sitting there going, you know, I got a wife and I've got two kids at home. So should I stay away from them in the meantime and stay at a hotel now for two weeks? Yeah. I mean, you're just taking guys out of their routine. And then, and then at some point you have to say, what is this all for? If you're not going to follow, if you're going to have two, three, four guys that aren't following protocol during this, you've got to sit there and say, can, can we really do this or is it just a sham? Yeah. And, you, you know, I, I get it with some of these young guys. I have two kids in college and, you know, their school, University of Arizona, they they want them near campus, even though they're not really going to class. Uh, and so I get it like, the, you know, there is a temptation when you're young to not, re- you know, you sort of think that that you're going to live forever. And, you know, ah, you know, this this thing is not going to get to me. But it's not about you. It's about exactly. everybody else. And that's the hard part. I mean, you know, we've got the kids that are going to grandma and grandpa's all the time. Uh, and we want them to continue to hang out with them. So, we, yeah. you know, we teach them, be safe. Yeah. Not for you, but for, you know, me and mom and grandma and grandpa. And, and you know, and do that for, for them, please. So, yeah. Um, so I just wish these guys would also, you know take it to heart and say, is it really worth that to go out on a Saturday? I mean, bring your PlayStation 4 with you for crying <laughs> out loud. Sit in the hotel, hook it up to the HDMI and have fun. You know, yeah, stay get, in. Go, go to TotalWine.com and order your wild turkey. Like, what What else do you need? Wild turkey and some MLB The Show or bring your laptop. Throw some Out of the Park 21 on there, exactly. man. Exactly. You know, have That's a good time. About. Simulate yourself to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because... I don't. I don't know how. I, th- I think you guys. Uh, you were telling me, you know, when, when your shutdown happened. But I feel like we've been so disciplined in this whole thing, and to see what's going on in the world today, where Donald Trump's like, "Yeah, college football should happen." Are you sure? <laughs> like, I feel like I've been so responsible in this whole thing, and and there are you know other people who are just like, "Ah, who cares? It's not that big of a deal," and and you know. We're at, at, the, at, at this point, we're going to be waiting for a vaccine until we can all go back to our normal lives. Well, and we've been taking some vacations during all of this, but it's camping. Mm-hmm. We're in a tent. Mm-hmm. We're out in the woods. Very safe. You know, and, we're, and then we go on a hike during the day. We're away from everybody. Jump in a lake, cool off, come on back down, drink some beers by the fire. I mean... We're doing all that type of stuff. And then I see, you know, hey, Disney World's open. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be good. But, you know, and California hasn't opened Disneyland yet. So, but anyways, that's a whole other podcast. I yeah, exactly. go on and on and on about. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just so, sometimes you just go, oh, gosh, do we have to do uh, this? But you shake your head, you put yeah. the phone down and then just go sit in the backyard. This, this, uh, this is all a test. Like, it's just testing how strong we can all be. Absolutely. All right, let's get to our tournament game. So yeah. uh, just to go over this again, we took the best 16 San Francisco Giants teams of all time. Obviously, the three World Series champs are the top three seeds. And we, uh, I think there were 11 or 12 that were pretty easy picks. And then, yeah. you know, we sort of went through the last four and we used our social media channels to help us predict uh, to help us pick the last two teams so the last team that qualified for the tournament was the 2001 giants the barry bond 73 home run team offensive juggernauts but still 
fell uh, fell to uh, the D-backs, right? As a That's right. Yep. So 2001 so, and then the D-backs went on to win the World Series. So, you know, it wasn't it, it's not like they lost the division to a, a team that did nothing. So <laughs> exactly. Got that. <laughs> um and and the the number 1 seed in this tournament were the 2012 World Series winning San Francisco Giants. And um I, I think the the way that we determined that the, the seeds for the World Series was just based on their overall record. Yeah, so 2012 team got the um the nod as the number 1 seed because of the three World Series San Francisco. And again, we're doing just San Francisco teams. We didn't go into New York. That's a fun idea, though. Oh, my God. You the know. game is so much different with some of those New York Giants World Series winning teams. When we're done with this, we can always <laughs> delve into those New York teams and, and say, hey, let's take the six best. But and then that'll open up to 16 like it did with this one. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so the so the 2012 team had the most wins of the three uh, World Series winners. So they so in default they got the number one seed. So as Brad is simming these games, um, he's given me the play by play, and all of a sudden he's like, "Uh oh, 2001 Giants won Game One," and I was like, "Oh wow!" And and if you think about it, take away the World Series win, like. That team, the 2012 team, you know, they were they were a really good regular season team, but they were like the comeback kids oh, yeah. in the in the playoffs. So it's not like they bulldozed everyone, except except when we got to the World Series, then they did no. bulldoze the Tigers. But it is completely uh, arguable that that version uh, of the World Series team got hot at the right time. But they were there 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 were flaws in that team as well. So when you were telling me that the 2001 team was winning this sim. I was like, wow, like I've, uh, you know, I didn't expect the 16 to beat the one, but when you look at those rosters, it's sort of understandable if they did. And so they won game one and then they won game two. And I'm here thinking like, oh man, our tournament is screwed with the first matchup, but the 2012 team just true to form, the comeback kids, they did rally to win, come from a t- behind a 2-0 two, two deficit to win the series. They did. They won it four games to two, down two games to none. They went on to, quote unquote, sweep the next four games. And then, yeah, because after those first two games, I go, oh, this game likes offense. Yeah. This, this game is going to put all the 2,000 teams in the finals. They're going to push them all through because I'm, I'm looking at the bracket. And at this point, I'm thinking, oh, 2004 is going to go on through. 2000 is going to go on through. And then at the top here, 2002, 2003, 2001, all those teams are going to kind of funnel yep. right towards the finals here. Uh, but no, that World Series team. And let me tell you the turning point. So Ramon Martinez, remember good old Ramon Martinez, the third <laughs> baseman for the Giants. He, uh, for the, uh, I say the Giants, this is all a Giants bracket. The 2001 team, he was a third baseman. He would platoon with uh, Pete Happy, Pedro Feliz. (laughs) And so a buddy of mine used to call him Pete Happy. Oh, yeah. Um, And so, you know, he, he would platoon with him. Ramon Martinez had a fantastic 
first two games. He had, I believe, nine total bases in the first two games. He was hitting 500 with a home run and five RBIs after the first two games. He was the guy just carrying that 2001 team on his back, which is odd because you say, well, that team had Aurelia, Bonds, Kent, Galarraga, Santiago, who was no slouch at that yep. point either, um, Marvin Bernard leading off. Um, and so that was that was the interesting part to me was here's Ramon Martinez carrying this team. And you and I were like, do we start Martinez or Feliz? And then when we look, went and looked back in um, baseball reference, we decided, oh, well, it's, it's got to be uh, it's got to be Martinez because he kind of finished out the season as the as the lead third baseman. Um, but then after that, you know, Kane got lit up in the first game and errors bit Bumgarner in the second game. But Martinez in the second game had a bases clearing uh, bases loaded double to drive in three runs. So he had the two run shot in the first game the bases clearing double in the second game. So he had five RBIs right there. But then after that, so the 2012 team had walked seven batters in the first two games. 2001 team had walked six batters in the first two games. The last four games, the 2012 team walked seven batters again in four games. And the 2001 team then walked 20 batters. So that was the turning point. The 2012 team started getting on base from games four, or sorry, from game three on. So they had a lot more base runners at that point. Bonds was silent. I think I talked to you about that. Yep. I thought that that was a bit baffling that the game took him and said, uh, Bonds, in a, in a six-game series, the year you hit 73 home <laughs> runs, you're going to go... Uh, five for 23, you're going to bat 217 with a home run and three RBIs. But that kind of plays into the Giants' 2012 mm-hmm. pitching staff and the MO of their three World Series titles was pitching, just dominating pitching. Yeah, so Bumgarner uh, goes one and one, and he wins the, uh, the capper there. Uh, and he's got... He goes one and one, but he had the best ERA of all of the starters. And Vogel song, sturdy. Kane kind of got kind of got got kind of got beat up there. Yeah, he had a tough two games. He, he pitched two games, twelve and a third innings, gave up fourteen hits, two home runs, six walks, and thirteen strikeouts. Five point one one ERA. Bullpen was, was lights out though. Oh, Jeez. that bullpen, and that was another difference maker too. That bullpen versus the two thousand one bullpen. Felix Rodriguez and Rob Nen could not get the 2012 Giants out. They kept fighting back again, true 2012 fashion. They fought back, fought back, fought back. And uh, so now they're moving on to the next round. So what is the next matchup for next week? Next matchup for next week. And I'm going to try to play a game a day. I like, so in, in out of the park baseball, you can watch the game and set it so that the AI, meaning the manager of that year, um, acts as, as he would in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you can sit back and just hit the space bar and watch every pitch. Um, or you could set it to be just the action pitch, whatever, you know, it's, that's what I do. Yeah, and that's what I do, too. You hit the space bar. It's a three-two count. Something's going to happen. It's a one-two count. Something's going to happen, whatever. Um, 
So I'm going to do that leading up. So the next matchup is the number two seed, our beloved 2010 World Series champions, against the number 15 seed, another voted in by the fans, the 2004-91 win team. Lincecum against Bonds. Right, and that's the bottom of the bracket. So the 2012 team that moved on, they're going to get the winner of the 9-8 and eight matchup, which is the 2003 NLDS loser against the 87 NLCS. Woo! Yes, the NLCS losers. That is, you know, again, Garrett and I talk about this all the time. One of our favorite all-time Giants teams. So that's going to... I'm going to be secretly pulling for them. (laughs) But just so you know, it's all sim-based. I have no influence in it whatsoever. I just hit the space bar and see what happens. Awesome. Well, this is uh, this is already turning out to be a whole lot of fun, and I can't wait to see what happens in our in our little tournament, our little our little uh, Thompson to Clark Giants baseball universe. But um, we are we are done here. I, so I just want to remind folks: check the Twitter and Instagram. We will announce the uh, the little giveaway on in both areas, and put your uh, you know get in. You'll have a good opportunity. Even if you don't know, if you're un, sort of unsure, like if you can get into to sim baseball, just give it a try. I think you'll. I think what you'll understand is the options are sort of unlimited. And one of my favorite things to do, and this is kind of how I play the game, which is I go back and try to rewrite time. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, I go back to 1986 and go, okay, I'm taking this Giants team, and how long will it take for me? to get them into the playoffs or how long will it take for me to, you know, get them to the world series. So that's what, that's where I have a lot of fun with it. But you know, I'm also, I think what I'm going to do is uh, with the new game, I'm going to play out uh, this season and see how this season's team would do. And then obviously you have the future draft picks and how long will it take to build a winner out of the current team that they have in their, in their current farm system. So, well, Here's here if I could just interject real yeah, quick. Yeah, Here, here's it. another fun way that I really like to play, and I haven't done this in a couple of years, and I'm thinking about doing it again. You can start, like you said, rewrite history. So I can start in 1956, right? And then you can. I mean, there's so many options. One of my favorite options is to choose uh, random players. So so you would start in 1956, and there's only you know X amount of teams, 12, 14 teams, I think, and then you would have a fantasy draft so then you could just pick players and you can choose it to be from every player that has ever played in major league oh, baseball wow. history so i that year yeah and they randomly choose it so that year it could be oh there's bonds cool i'll take him rolls around next pick oh walter johnson i'll take him <laughs> so you can kind of cruise through that way and then the draft the next year as you continue to play on you've got your team the draft could be Arenado, Babe Ruth. Right. Uh, I get the first pick. Who am I picking? Uh, I'm going to go with Babe Ruth. And then you can see their career unfold from there. So that's another fun way to play. That's interesting. All right. So we're, we're done here. We'll be back next week uh, after hopefully we'll get a couple wins uh, during this week. This We only have six games, not seven games. They do get a day off before the uh, before the A's come to that town. rare so day off. The rare day off. So. Hopefully they will be uh, give them a little bit of rest here. But uh, yeah, so we're going to shut it down here. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Brad for hanging out. And we will see you next week.